What's up, everybody? I am David Rutherford here on Navy SEAL Radio. And I, I tell you, one of the coolest things that you've ever seen in your whole life is when a Navy SEAL starts talking about fear. Because we are dialed in when it comes to embracing fear. Now, what is the other component besides dying, right? Every day we, in our world, is a day that we could die. Is a day I could get shot, I could get blown up, I could drop out of a plane. Uh, I could die underneath the water. Uh, I could die in training. Or, or, you know what, the Taliban could actually kill me dead, right? So fear, 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 fear. What's interesting, though, is a couple cats from up there in Cambridge and in, in Smartville up there, they did some research and they found that neurologically, some of the things that trigger our brains in the same way as bullets flying at you is the loss of wealth. And that's true, right? One of the great sayings in life is, what are the, the things people fear most? Death and taxes. Well, why do you think they tie those things together? Because they, they make your brain fire that way. So, how appropriate that we talk about embracing fear here with my teammates, close friends, good buddies, and longtime clients and, and, and friends from Pioneer Investments, Mr. Paul Marino and Justin Fitzgerald. So, gents, welcome to, to the show with me today. David, thanks for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. And, and we are here in San Diego, I might add, at, at the TD Ameritrade Advisors Conference, where we've got 2,000 advisors here. And we've got all these great booths talking about different products, talking about different ways to better help uh, their clientele, which if you guys are advisors, we got a group of people standing right here. You deal with fear every single day, don't you? I mean, your clients are scared blankless, aren't they? Is the sky falling? Is, is, is the euro going to tank? Oh, my God. Is Putin going to rig the elections? Ah! Right? We freak out every single day. So how appropriate is that I'm here to help you understand how to better embrace fear? Now, this is one of the programs that I have in my motivational training co company called Frog Logic Concepts. And if you want to follow me, go ahead and follow me on at Team Frog Logic on Instagram and Twitter and all the different social media platforms. Or go to my website at TeamFrogLogic.com and you can check out all the different things that I talk about. Well, one of the most important things that I help people do and I teach people how to do is I teach them to embrace their fears. Now, Paul is sitting there shaking his head. And I love it because he and I have had, we've had a lot of conversations about fear lately, haven't we? Absolutely. Tons and tons and tons. Too and before, many. And before we get into the fears of, of advisors and, and what they should help, you know, their educate their clientele and their people with, we're going to first, I'm going to explain to you my program and how it's broken down, okay? Because my program is very, very simple. Now, I again, I have been... Uh, immersed in, in the, uh, the ideas of fear for the past, geez, 25 years. And in particular, the 15 years I carried a gun for a living, working for the SEAL teams as well as for the U.S. government. And what I've just discovered are some undeniable truths about how we learn to embrace the fear. Because let me ask you this, Justin, have you ever heard people say, oh, that guy's fearless or he's fearless? Oh, for sure. Have you heard that, haven't you? How about you? Have you heard people say they're fearless before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have, right? And you kind of shake your head and you go, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's wild, but that's BS. I know you're afraid of stuff because we all have fear. And it's proven, right? We have fear. You're physiologically wired for it. You got these two little things in your brain called amygdalas. And unless you get an ice cream scooper and pop those things out and throw them on the floor, you're going to have fear. It's a party, fight or flight, right? 
The other component of that is you're taught fear your whole life. I've got these two beautiful little girls. My oldest I call the bear. My youngest I call the bruiser. Six and four. And every single day, don't run out in the street. Don't talk to strangers. Don't do this, right? Fear, 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 fear. We teach and we're taught fear. And I'll tell you what, these two guys right here have been around the whole time. They're smiling. They're laughing. You teach your clients fear, don't you? You teach them every day, right? All right, let's be conscientious. Let's make long-term investment strategies. Let's not be too risky. Fear all the time, and right? That's the smart investment. Paul teaches, you know, your customers, your clients, how to mitigate fear and to talk about the long-term approach. No doubt. Well, in my program, how I do it and how I teach people is there are five main missions that you have to embrace in your life. First and foremost, you got to search for the truth of your fear. Where does it come from? Where is the derivative of? How does it, you know, how does it manifest itself in your life every single day? All right. So number one, mission number one, search for the truth. Number two is you got to accept your reality, Justin. You, once you have the truth of your fear, you can't deny it, but you learn to accept it and begin to live with it in a in a in a in a very focused way. Mission number three. Now you got to begin to retrain your brain and the SEAL training. They literally beat the snot out of us physically, mentally, and emotionally on an ongoing basis for your entire time in the teams. And what that does is it reprograms our understanding of fear and how we address it in a positive way. How else are you going to get a bunch of knuckle-draggers to run into gunfire, right? you got to retrain the brain. The next one is once you have the training, then you actually got to get out there and test yourself. So mission number four is test yourself. All right, have you ever run a marathon before, brother? Half marathon, full marathon? No, half marathon. When you Did you win it? Did you come in first or second? Did you win your age group? He's like, I finished it, brother. But that's what it's about. All right, well, good for you. Good for you, all right? Good for you. So under two hours, he's all fired up and all that. I love it. So you tested yourself with your fear of whether or not you could do it, and you learned a lot about yourself, didn't you? Because that's what we have to do. When we experience the retraining of how we cognitively reconstruct fear, then you have to apply what you've learned in a real-time environment. And you got to do that, too, with your investment strategies, with the products, and how you go through it. So that's mission number four. And the last one, mission number five, you got to live with courage. You actually have to be courageous in embracing your fear day in and day out. And we see this in relationships. We see this in, in, in our relationships with our clients, how we build trust with them, right? Is if they feel the courage that we have and our ability to embrace fear, to help them embrace fear, the next thing you know, everybody's living courageous. We all move forward and we benefit at the next highest level. Now, I just summed my entire thing up in about, what, five minutes there? There's a lot more to it. The program actually takes about five months. There are sub-steps within each mission. If you want to know more about it, go to my podcast called Navy SEAL Radio. I do a full hour on each one of the missions and a full show on the overall concept, so check it out. All right. I also do a big podcast with Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor called the Team Never Quit podcast where we have great guests on that tell their greatest never quit story and how they overcame and began to embrace their fear too. Now let's let's shift, ready? We're going to shift, turn over to Paul, and let's have a little dialogue, shall we, Paul? Absolutely. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what I want to ask you, all right, first and foremost is 
you know, when you're dealing with clientele out there and, and we're talking about the products that Pioneer is able to distribute and able to offer their, the people, all right, what do you think the number one thing is for advisors and what inhibits them for taking a risk with you guys? I think fear of the unknown, okay? Um, you know, thankfully for Pioneer, we have a nearly 90-year brand. Uh, we've been around since 1928 and we're well-known in the space. But there's always that point where you have to make a new introduction. Uh, and I think there's fear on both sides of that. So like the, the initiating uh, a contact with somebody that you've never met before, that's, that's fearful on our side. And for them, you know, they know every single day they're being bombarded by people who tell them that they have a great solution and they need to listen, you know, listen to this or this is going to solve a certain problem. And so from their perspective, how do I block out the noise from the real solution. So, well, and, and that's a great point that you're making. And by the way, Paul is uh, the head of uh, RIA and, and Bank Trust uh, for Pioneer. Uh, Justin here is is uh, portfolio manager on the West Coast, uh, and, and you're on the front lines out there, Justin. I mean, you're going in day in and day out and working with these advisors. And 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 what are the big inhibitors that you're hearing from them with with wanting to jump in bed with Pioneer uh, products? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just fear of change, too, you know, kind of uh, doing what's what's worked, you know, what you've known, and, and not wanting to, you know, sort of take a step back and, and consider other possibilities, too. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, things that would keep people from, from um, you know, making a change, but I think... It is know. a fear of change, right? One of the, one of the greatest, most, the, the struggles we have are, are is the fear of the unknown, right? I mean, how many people out there right now, do you suffer from the fear of the unknown? Yeah, she like shaking her head like, well, <laughs> duh, duh, idiot. I, yeah, I feel it too, right? I mean, when I used to, when we would set in to hit a target, right, with a bunch of Taliban bad guys, it was the fear of the unknown. How many guns did they actually have? What kind of resistance would we face? Where were we going to get shot at? Where were we going to get blown up? The fear of the unknown. The same thing is true in everyday life, right? What about that fear of the unknown that's so ripping, so gripping to us? Yeah, and I think, David, that, that goes back to what I was saying before. When you're trying to initiate a contact, right, you don't know what's going on in the other line. So you're calling, you're making it personal about yourself. But I think one of the key things, and you, you talk about it here, right, when you say search for the truth, I think one of the things you have to have a belief in what you're doing. Yep. If you believe in what you're doing, you get past that barrier, that initial nice. barrier, that fear of the unknown. What is he thinking on the other side? Why isn't he calling me back? Why is he taking my call? Very young in my career, I learned that, you know what? Sometimes it's not about me. They have other things going on in their life. Tons of other things going on. And as long as I believe that I can help, then I can persist. But now you're, you're jumping into a, a very interesting aspect of, of the discovering the truth of fear, right? And being able to attach your mindset to a higher calling or higher purpose, to have faith in actually what you're selling, what you're a part of, the organization, right? The culture that you're a part of, right? And that's a, a, an important thing. Now, as an advisor, and I'm talking to my buddy over here who's been hanging out, as an advisor, do you build culture with your clientele? And it's critical that you do it, right? But there is a fear because there's so many different advisors out there. There's so many different people that they can choose from. What's gonna differentiate you between other people? And what is the defining characteristic that you use to differentiate yourself? The, the, the ability to teach, the ability to build rapport, and gain what? Trust, 
right? Is trust is like the most essential thing on the planet. And it's not just the trust that you establish with your clientele, because when they trust you, they're going to be able to, you know, decompartmentalize that fear a little bit and want to work with you and trust the guidance you're giving them in order to invest in Pioneer or to invest in one of these other products that are out there. So it's a big part of fear, too, is trusting, you know, what you believe, what you're part of, and how it works. Now, you know, Paul, what what is what has Pioneer done to earn the trust of its clientele? Well, one, I, I think what we've done is we've always put the client first. Uh, regardless of what our interests are, we act in a fiduciary capacity, always have. And it goes back to our founder and his values. Uh, Phil Correa in 1928 started the Pioneer Fund. It was one of the, the, the first socially responsible investments. So he wanted to make sure that not only was he doing the right thing by the client, but that they were investing in things that were good for the economy, that were good for society. That's the kind of guy he was. And you know what? You could talk about 1928 and how long ago that was, but he was with us until 1998. Wow. And there are people that are at the firm today, including some portfolio managers, John Carey and Ken Tobbs and others, who worked with him felt that legacy and continue it through today. Invested themselves in what Pioneer ultimately became. Absolutely. And so when you come from a culture like that, you're putting the client first. I mean, and you've done that for many, many years. I think it it just transcends time and it transcends through the culture and and everybody buys into it, believes it. uh, It becomes genuine and, and people see that. Now, I love what you talk about when you talk about culture, right? Because culture is a huge component of how we embrace fear. Now, if you're part of a culture that is riddled with fear, what's going to happen, right? I mean, the perfect example right now in our life, in our world, is you look at the, the, the political diversification and, 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 and inflammatory language and, and the culture of the clash that's happening right now in America. And what's that breeding? It's breeding fear, comprehensive fear on, on both sides of the aisle. Now, the realities are, you know, the country's actually... You know, we're in a pretty stable place. We're in the most we're in the most peaceful time in human history, partially because of what America has provided from a security perspective. We're we're you know uh, you know we've got you know some pretty outstanding things. We've got what three two and a half three percent GDP growth rate, right? There's new jobs happening, right? There's some excitement going on. In fact, the financial markets we just hit twenty thousand. I mean, I mean, think about that. So in the same sense that we are riveted with, you know, this destabilized culture of this unification of American values and all this, this fear, fear, fear mongering that's going on, we're having some pretty strong moments right now, aren't we? I mean, 20000 on the exchange, that's big time, all right? The value of the dollar's coming back, right? Interest rates might be creeping up. But at the end of the day, man, we're still the, mo- the strongest financial investment in the world. Is that not right, Paul? No, look, I agree. Uh, the United States is, is uh, a level above everybody, and I would say even more than one level above most. Uh, but you know what happens, David? You know, you talked about it before. As From a child, right, you're taught to be risk-averse, to be afraid, right? So there's Stranger so many... danger! Stranger danger! Right? Right? Look, there's a, certain, there's a certain part of that that needs to be accepted, right? But So we have political uncertainty, right? For right. the first time, we have people that can or can't accept election, and people are going crazy, right? It's just, a, it's just a different time than the normal. We have bond yields. The bond market is, is very uncertain. People don't know if rates are going to go up or if they're going to go down. Now, now, t- hold, let me back up because I believe this is a criti- critical thing in the investment world, right? The bond has traditionally been 
the stalwart of the American economic system, right? right? In terms of finance and all that. So, so why is it so sketchy? Why does why does the destabilization of the bond market create and generate so much fear and investment out there right now? Well, I think because there's been a lot of intervention in the marketplace, and when you have intervention in the marketplace, you're dependent upon the moves of maybe one person or a group of people to affect the way things are happening, you know, and, and in this case it might be like the Federal Reserve. But so, so people, in, to a certain extent, don't believe that the marketplace is actually acting appropriately. The way that it should. Yeah, the way that it should. Right. So I think there's fear there, like what's going to happen if somebody does this? What's going to happen? What's, what's going to be said in this press conference that could change the whole dynamic of my long-term investment strategy? Well, let me, let me ask you over here again, coming back over to you. All right, so... You know, what are you hearing every... Come on over here. We're going to bring Kevin in. Bring in here. What's your name? Kevin. Kevin Kevin, how you doing? Introduce yourself. Get on there right there. Thank you. Right there. Put it right in there. All right, so Kevin, you deal with clients. It'll pick you up. It'll pick you up. So you deal with your clients every day, and you're teaching them to embrace the fear. And, and, you know, obviously after 08, the fear is perpetual now. And and, until we can find... Well, actually, the new norm is the volatility, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you teaching your clients every day to manage and embrace their fears? I think the biggest thing for us is just to focus on the long term. You're going to make mistakes when you when you have fear about the short-term movements. But if you, if you look at the market long term, it's going to build confidence because the historical data is there that it's going to work. So, yeah. Kevin, I have a question for you. As a financial advisor on the ground with your client, advising them, knowing them like intimately because you're going through a deep profile, how do you deal with the media, what you hear on TV, and how that affects their perception <laughs> of what's going on? I, there's no question. It's difficult. It's probably the most difficult thing that we do. We get people who come in and they worry that Trump's going to get elected or they worry that Hillary's going to get elected. And, and I think it's just our job to kind of rearm them with, with information. that if The you, truth. The truth. That's exactly what you mentioned it earlier. If you, if you if you step back away from the emotional stuff and you look at the data and you, and you say, look, you've got 25 years to go. You take any 25-year period in the market, it's going to be more than it was when you started. That's awesome. That's a great. That's a great point right there. That that there there is long-term consistency, right? That that it isn't this giant monopoly board we're playing with right now. Although at times it can it seem like it, but but the beauty of it is is that there is some. The data proves that long-term financial investment and sound investing is the way to go. Kevin, you're awesome, bro. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, So that was the search for the truth right there. Oh, that is the truth. I mean, he's out there on the front friggin' lines getting it done, man. That's what I love about it. And it's just that easy to go and search for real-time information. Yeah, and you know what, David? I think at that point, the going down through your missions, right, getting them to realize that what they hear or see from unreliable sources may not be their truth, finding it with their financial advisor, that's key, finding the truth. Then accepting your reality. Because you know what? A lot of these solutions that you see that are given on TV, they might be for somebody, but they're probably not for not you. Not for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I flip on Jim Cramer, and I feel like I'm going to explode after five minutes of that, right? You know, mad money, mad money, and it's like, ah, and everybody's freaking out. I turn on MSNBC, and the next thing I know, I'm like, ah, I'm going to take all my money out. Ah, this is nuts. I'm putting it under my mattress. <laughs> and I allow that fear to overwhelm me. But then, I, you know, I call my buddy, he's my advisor, and I get him on the horn. He's like, bro, and halt there, troop. Right? He's, he, and the cool thing is he's a former Green Beret, right? So I get on with him, and he's like, and halt, right, back up, slow down. And you got to look at, 
at the variations and what we're talking about here. So, so talk to talk to the people, talk to our listeners a little bit more about being able to manage that fear in real time, if you could. What do they need to look at versus an active or passive market? What, what do you think they should focus on? So I think there's a place for both, right? I, 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 you know, again, people look at what they see and read and they, they feel like they've got to be part of the trend. You know, trends go in one direction really, really fast, right? An object in one direction, you know, tends to stay in one direction. And, and then, you know... Uh, Did you just throw out some Newton's law, Newton's law, law yeah, at us? A little bit, little bit of I understand there would be no math involved, Paul. Hey, you, Come you on. You brought up Freud with the fear of the unknown. <laughs> I had to bring up Newton's law there, right? But, uh, you know, objects in one direction tend to stay in one direction until they go in the opposite direction. Then they can go just as hard. So we believe... You know, getting people to take the information that they have and then being reasonable, retraining their brain to say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Make sure you diversify. There's a place for passive, but there definitely is a place for active. If you believe that trees don't just grow to the sky, right? then you need to have something for the way down. And, and we think as an active manager doing this since 1928, there is a major place, will always be a major place for active management to mitigate risk. Well, I dig that. And, and remember, mitigating risk is a big component of learning to embrace your fears, right? Because risk, I mean, everything you do in life is risky. And in particular, where you put your money. I mean, here it is. People are crushing themselves day in and day out for, for each dollar they have. Now, granted, we overspend as Americans. We don't save enough. And, but, you know, and we kind of live in the moment financially. But once you hit that point where that fear overwhelms you and washes you over and you're like, holy smokes, I'm going to retire. I'm going to have to work till I'm 95 years old if I can live that long. Then you start thinking, all right, I need to call my invest, my, my advisor and get me on a program of what to do. And, and so one of the big, huge components of that is, is being able to understand how to mitigate the risk in your life. All right. If I'm going to take in X amount per month, what is the what is the amount I need for the long term, that will reduce that fear and put it into a manageable thing in my life. Right. And so I think that's, again, we're in an advisor conference, and advisors are so critically important to this thing. I mean, when you talk about robo-advising and things like that, that's that's the trend thing. And when you when, when the trend changes, you need to have somebody on their side. And, and re, so you talked about getting them comfortable with where their investments are going to go. Then you got to test yourself. And when you're testing yourself, oh man, investors who are not trained to be to, to 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 you know take themselves out of the emotion of investing, that's where they get hurt. So to me, it's about working with an advisor to test yourself in the market, stay in the market because you, if you try to time it, you'll miss it every time. But if you have a long-term strategy with somebody who is detached emotionally who could give you sound advice who's and been that's, tested that's who's right. actually put their applic their, their knowledge base what they've learned about the truth of investing what they've learned about the truth the 25 years strategy plan who's been tested before who didn't quit who didn't go crazy and follow the the, the fast cash where they were that's the real test. Yep. And, and we, we, we experience those tests day in and day out. I bet you see it all the time, don't you, Kevin? You get phone calls like, oh, my God, this is the new cool thing. I dump, you know, 50% of my portfolio into it now, now. And you're like, hey, brother, and Hall, let, let's slow down a little bit, right? But what do you think, why do you think, what drives people to want to make those those spur-of-the-moment decisions, those knee-jerk reactions? Very simple, and it's been written in many textbooks, greed. 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 I love it. I love it. People want to make money, man. And, and again, when you have 
multimedia, social media, all this stuff and it's in your face and all you ever hear about is the successes, right? How many people come on the shows and go, hey Kramer, I lost a boatload of money yesterday because I made a really seriously bad pick. No, you never hear that, right? Nobody ever goes, they only talk about their winners. So when you only well, the hear- journal, the journal catalogs, that was pretty good on how everybody messes up. Yeah, I don't, they don't catalog them all. And the point is, That's for sure. everybody likes to talk about their winners. Very yeah. rarely do they like to hear about their losers. And when you bet big, you lose big a lot. So the point is, Stay with an advisor who's been tested, who's been through the ups and downs of the market, and let him make the decisions on a professional level, not an emotional level. Removing fear and greed from the equation. And that takes courage, doesn't it? It takes courage as an advisor to tell your client no. It takes courage as an advisor to say, hey, and halt there, you know, this is not the good thing for you. And I bet, and, I, and you and I have talked about it, Paul, too, where you've gone out and been with big clients and they said, hey, well, we want to dump a bunch of money into this product. You said, well, it's not the product that you want right now. No, look, we, we, we have a, one of, one of the, the most innovative products that we have at Pioneer is the Pioneer ILS Innovable Fund. It takes uh, risk from the reinsurance markets, it puts it to the capital markets, complete non-correlation to equities and fixed income. So it gives a good source of of risk-adjusted returns from a total another risk category. From major catastrophic yeah. events and, and hurricanes yep. and floods and all that, right? All that being said, just because it's non-correlated to the market doesn't mean you got you throw everything into it. So we're very cautious in telling people, you know what? Just because it's non-correlated doesn't mean there's no risk. There's lots of risk here. So be careful in how you, 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 allocate. you allocate to it. Right. So we recommend anywhere from a 2 to 7% period. No no less, no more. That's going to give you the good return stream that you need, and it's going to keep you safe because, hey, whenever there's an opportunity to make money, we know there's risk involved. So, Well, you know, it, it's it's wild, man. And, and, you know, we unfortunately, we you know, with the impact of the DOL fiduciary rule on the industry and the delays it's caused, and, and I think that's generated a pretty substantial fear, yeah. right? And it's really gripped the, the industry in, in a big way. I remember I was doing an event with Pioneer. We were in Cincinnati, and we were in a UBS office. And I remember, you know, I, I was waiting to go in to give my speech on the team life and one of my other speeches. And, and I remember they had this big meeting about this, these, the impact of this thing. And there was like, you could see the, the wave of fear just rip through the, the advisors, man. Now, can you talk a little bit about that right now? And, and, and can you say something that might help and people embrace the fear with this? Yeah, you know, David, I've heard you talk about the team life, right? You know, having love for everybody else, so much love that you're willing to give up yourself Sacrifice. to your teammates, right? So think about what that means from a fiduciary standpoint. Doing what's in the best interest of your client. Putting your client ahead of yourself, okay? Doing what a prudent man would do. Making decisions as a prudent man would. Or woman. Or woman. To me, that is just the life of an advisor that's looking to do the right thing for their clients. Right. I think a lot of the fear in this space is um, warranted, but but over over exaggerated. Because why why so? Because look, if you can put in writing and have your client sign off that they that they've worked with you to make the decision, that they understand the decision, and that it's in their best interest, and you could act as in a fiduciary capacity. I think that's better for everybody, to be honest with you. And that's why I like working in this space, in the RIA space, because most of the people that are here at TD 
uh, and work in the REA and bank trustees, they've been acting as fiduciaries for a for long, long period time. of time. Right. And, and taking on that fiduciary responsibility in that role. So to me, I like working with people that put their clients' best interests at, uh, before them because I know a pioneer. We've been doing that for since 1928. And you know what? That you, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, and that's what we, we experience in our community as SEALs. That's what we do. We pass on a legacy of that responsibility to train the individual, to be able to embrace their fear, to, to, to run into gunfire, to go after the worst people on the planet. And we take that responsibility very seriously. And we pass that legacy on. And that's what everybody needs to realize. And, it, and it's not just in SEAL training or in, in combat. It has to do in the combat of life and, and Kevin's responsibility responsibility to his clientele and your responsibility to Clevin. And and that is really the greatest aspect of learning to embrace fear. And so, you know, Paul, man, I, and Justin, I, you guys, thank you so much for, for helping me express this a little bit and share how learning to embrace fear translates into the financial world and in particular what Pioneer does for its clients, man. And I think, you know, it's been one heck of a talk we've had here, huh, brother? Yeah, and David, I want to I thank you because, you know what, um, these are programs that David has done. I've been fortunate enough to be a pioneer and work with David for, for many years now. And uh, I want to tell you something. I've heard this presentation, and the cool thing about it is you could listen to it and go home and do nothing about it, or you could actually take this and apply it to your life and improve how you identify your fears and then how you deal with them and overcome them. So I want to thank you for all the lessons you've taught me because this is real and it works. And so not only have you done it for me, but you've done it for our clients. And, and I, I just can't thank you enough for that. All right. Thanks, brother. Well, that's all we got here on Navy SEAL Radio. I'm your host, David Rutherford. And uh, we're here with my buddies from Pioneer Investments and uh, at, at the TD Ameritrade Advisors Conference. And uh, everybody, have a good one. We're out. Yeah, awesome, man. <laughs>